welcome to everyone on this holiday, not just holiday weekend, but this holiday day. And uh, we got a we got a lot of guests. Some of you are here because you're you're maybe new to us, and we've got some family members that I know are visiting in town this weekend. And so, to all of you, whatever your status uh, of visiting us is, we are so thrilled to have you today. And I don't want to get into names and then leave some of you out. And but I'm gonna mention a name and leave some of you out so if you get upset with me that's just the Lord letting you know you need to pray through so you can get to heaven so but it sister Angie already said it but it is great to see uh, the Enoch Evans family with us I'm just I'm, uh, brother sister Evans I'm just I'm just trying to figure out the who are the men that you brought with you that's what I'm trying to figure out. Goodness gracious. But to everyone, we welcome you. And if you're watching us online today, we welcome you as a part of this service today. Amen. Would you stand? And uh, wow. <laughs> I, I, God is something else. You know that? Just about the time you think you got him figured out, he, he'll throw you a curveball. I want to read uh, two verses, one verse from two different locations, or a verse each from two different locations. The first verse I want to read to you is Proverbs 14 and verse 12, and actually what's interesting is Proverbs 16 and 25, uh, with the exception of like one word, is the exact same verse. So in Proverbs 14 and verse 12, it says it this way, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man. And that's not talking about gender specific there. It's talking about mankind. But the end thereof are the ways of death. The Living Bible says it this way, and as I read this, those of you that are fairly familiar with the Gospels, I want you to see if you can think of some words Jesus said that kind of sound similar to this. The, lim the Living Bible says, Before every man there lies a wide and pleasant road that seems right but ends in death. For those of you that that didn't trigger in your minds, I will just tell you, Jesus says, broad is the way, wide is the way that leads to destruction, and many are on that path. And then John chapter 10 and verse number 10, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Mark it down. That's the only reason the thief comes. And that is the ultimate outcome when the thief comes. Doesn't matter what the sales pitch is he gives you. Doesn't matter what he promises you. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come. I am come. That you might have life and that you might have it more 
abundantly. The enemy promises you life and it leads to death. God says, I need you to die and I'm going to lead you to life. I want to preach to you for a little bit this morning. I know it's a holiday. And I know we got all the kids in here. But I don't get to preach to you tonight. So I'm not going to preach my time tonight and this morning, this morning. But I'm not going to hurry either. So I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. Freedom, not independence. Freedom, not independence. God, thank you for your awesome presence and power that is in this place today. Thank you for what we have already experienced. Thank you for what you have already done in this service this morning. I thank you in advance, God, for the testimonies of miracles and healings that we are going to hear that you have done here today. I pray, God, that you would continue to work and move in this service and that you would do that through your word, that you would speak to our hearts today, that we would have ears to hear, hearts that are open to receive. Let our hearts be good ground for the seed of your word today, Lord. In Jesus' name, I trust you today, Father. I depend on you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. That was great timing on that last note. Wow. It was impressive. I don't think in all my years of preaching, which is a little over 30 now, I'm 31 years old. I started really young. In all my years of preaching, I'm not sure I've ever preached a message around July 4th with anything to do with it. And ultimately, it's not really about the day, but it does work. And I'm not here, and I probably shouldn't even go here, but I guess that's what I do. (laughs) This is not about to be anything to do with the climate of our day and whatever, but I'm just going to tell you, for all of the faults and issues of this nation, there's no better nation on the world to be in, in the world. Our problem is not people leaving this country. It's people trying to get in. And if we were so terrible, why is everybody still trying to get in? Are we imperfect? Absolutely. Are there things going on in this world, in this nation today that I don't agree with, that I am very much against from a biblical standpoint? Absolutely. But let's not lose fact of the, let's not lose sight of the fact we are still a very blessed people. So today, and thankfully, by the way, our award for best dressed, most representing July 4th, Independence Day, goes to Brother Seth Boyer. There were a few folks that were trying, but once he walked in, it was all over with. But it's July 4th, and what do we call today? Independence Day. Independence Day. I suspect that from the perspective of a nation, of a country, I I don't necessarily know that there's something wrong with wanting and having your independence, especially if you have lived under the oppression of another 
country, another government. To be able to have your independence is, I think, a very reasonable goal and desire and, and, and a, a, you know, an acceptable thing to want to live as a nation with independence. But let me tell you today, That when it comes to you and I and our relationship with God, our walk with God, there is no goal of becoming independent. Independence is not the goal, even though some of us strive for independence. The word freedom, according to Webster's, simply means, actually I think it's according to the Cambridge Dictionary, It means the condition or right of being able or allowed to do, say, think, whatever you want, without being controlled or limited. It's a right to act in the way you think you should. Independence is the quality or state of being independent. So the word independent means this, not dependent. God has no expectation of you becoming independent and not depending on Him. In fact, I think a few folks could join me and attest today to the fact that the longer you walk with God, the more dependent you get on Him. Not the less dependent, because the longer you walk with Him, the more you realize that without Him, I can do nothing. And if He doesn't let His grace and mercy work in my life, I have no hope. Independent also means this, not subject to control by others, self-governing. It also means not affiliated with a larger controlling unit. Well, I believe in God and I have a relationship with God, but I don't need a church. No, you, you can just be self-governing. You can control yourself. Let me know how that works out for you. Only problem, and I don't mean this to be unkind, but by the time you really find out it didn't work out, we won't be able to communicate. Because I ain't coming to where you'll be, and you can't get to where I am. I know I just have a knack for making holidays enjoyable. It's my gift. It means not requiring or relying on something else. It means not looking to others for one's opinions or for guidance in conduct. Not requiring or relying on others. One of the challenges of parenting is the older your kids get, the more independent they get. Funny thing is this. Now, this doesn't apply to the four that I brought into the world. This is everybody else's kids. So, I saw a cup. What did, did y'all? What's that cup say? I sent y'all yesterday. I saw a cup yesterday. It's got to be for preachers. It said something like, "Be careful what you do or say. You might be the next example in my message." Something like that. And that's the life of a preacher's kid. So, 
but I, I don't want y'all thinking anything of mine. This is from research and observation of others. It's kind of amazing, and they want their independence. Brother Evans, they want their freedom to run their own lives, do whatever, come and go at no curfew, don't tell me what I got it, what I can't do, until... You know, at least some of you all older folks don't know how good you have it. Because used to it, you had to, it was a bit of an effort to get them the money. Now, Dad, can you just cash at me? Wait a minute. You don't want, you got your own life doing your living until you need something from me. I've been bothered by, not, I mean, by other people's kids. I've been bothered by that a couple times. And then not too long ago, you know, it, it's not fun when the Lord gets you. Because you know what's amazing? That's, that's about the same way a lot of us want to do God. Don't tell me what to do. Don't run my life. You're not, I don't want you, I don't, I don't want you in, I don't want you controlling me. But when everything starts falling apart, I do expect you. Blows my mind. People that used to come to church years ago, this man right here can, he's the one that can attest to it the most. People that haven't been to church in years. All of a sudden they're in a bad place financially. They're getting ready to get evicted. You know who they call? Don't want to come. Don't want to be faithful to the house of God, the work of God, the kingdom of God. But when you're in a bind, you might decide to live a self-governing life. But if you live a self-governing life, you better be prepared to figure out all your problems, provide all of your needs, fix everything that goes wrong. Because He will let you self-govern if you want to. But I'm going to tell you this morning, and it's a part of this message, obviously, that there's no better place to live than a life that is completely dependent on Him. A life that is not self-governing, but a life that is governed by the Word of God. Notice notice for a moment again that word freedom. It is the condition or right of being, being able or allowed to do, say, think. So I, I, can, I can hear the arguments of some. Well, what you're preaching, though, is I, I, I'm not allowed. To, you're telling me i got to think the way the Word of God says to think, and i got to do what the Word of God says to do. And how is that freedom? It's freedom because He will never force you to do it. It's freedom because you make the choice. That's how I'm going to live. I could live by my own ways, my own ideas, the ideology of this present world, or I can choose to submit and surrender my will and let something else control me. And when I decide to do it my way, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But when I decide to do it his way, there is life and life more. More abundantly. So there, there's no concept of independence in anywhere in script anywhere in scripture. There is not one thing communicated in scripture that promotes independence. 
In fact, quite the opposite. It is promoting complete reliance upon Him. In all thy ways, acknowledge Him. In all thy ways, acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your path. As Sister Emily testified this morning, that doesn't mean the path is going to be a walk through the park and it's just going to be a breeze getting there. But if you will allow Him to direct your path, as she also quoted, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord is my shepherd, so I don't have a reason to fear. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse number 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth, the truth shall make you free. There are those who have left the apostolic faith, if I'll just say it that way. There are those who have left the apostolic faith and all of the things that we as apostolics have believed. And some of you have actually even heard from some of them about the newfound freedom they have in their walk with God and their relationship with God because I I can do this now and I don't have to do that anymore. The enemy is a master at deception and disguise. The master of it. He's the originator of the fine print. Boy, some of us, I said us, not you, us would be in trouble if some of the things in that fine print we're not what we thought. There, there's. I've had this now a couple times, couple different, doing a couple different things of business online, and and they got their terms and conditions, and it's 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 programmed such that if you just click straight on terms and conditions without scrolling through them, it won't let you. But all you have to do is just a quick scroll through it. Don't even look at it. You're not even reading it. And as long as you go from the top of the terms and conditions to the bottoms, you can now click. And a lot of times we do because we're so caught up in what we're getting, we're not really concerned if there's something in the fine print. Let me tell you something. The enemy is great at getting you so focused on what he's trying to give you or is promising you. And he doesn't want you to take time to look at the fine print. Because somewhere in the middle of all that fine print, he has to acknowledge, I have come to steal, kill, and destroy. At some point, you live under his authority. You are going to have him steal, kill, and he's not happy with just stealing. He's not happy with just stealing and killing. He wants to completely destroy. You will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And so the only way to be free is to know the truth. 
This isn't the message, but let me tell somebody this morning, you are, you are doing yourself such a disservice when you're not honest. And it's amazing we won't be honest because we're afraid the truth will get us in trouble when according to the Word of God, the truth is what's going to set you free. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. <laughs> You're not independent, folks. You're not independent if you think you've decided, well, I, I don't need to live my life according to the Word of God. I'm just going to do my own. No, you're not. You are a servant of sin. Paul said it this way in Romans six sixteen. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Now watch this. There are two options in this verse. Because there's only two options. You are either the servant of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. You are not an option. And the enemy is more than content with you thinking you are serving yourself. Well, I'm just doing what I want to do. There's nobody telling me what to do. I'm not under anybody. Oh, forgive me for saying this. It's a scriptural term, but what a fool you are. What an absolute fool you are. If you are, if you think you are living a life outside of Jesus Christ, outside of the authority of the Word of God and you are free, you just don't know how bound you are. You're the servant of sin unto death or the servant of righteousness unto life. It's one or the other or of obedience unto righteousness. Sorry. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. Again, you won't find the concept of the idea. You won't even find the word independence or independent in the King James Bible. I acknowledge the word freedom may not necessarily be exactly in this context, but the word you will find a number of times, and we've already read it, is the word free. And Jesus says it here, If the son therefore shall make you free. You shall be free indeed. If the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. The word free there is an interesting word in the Greek. To me, it means this. To be free is to be unrestrained. It is as a citizen, not a slave. The world looks at you and I that have committed ourselves to a life surrendered to Jesus Christ, they look at us and think that we are the ones who are restrained. I, I, forgive me for, and again, we got kids, so I'll try to be as generic as possible in whatever I say this morning. But Anybody here panicking right now over how you're going to get your next fix today? Anybody in a hurry? You got to hurry, hurry up and get out your get out to your car so you can get a swig or something. But we're the ones that are bound. We're the ones that are bound. They can't go a day without a fix. They can't go a day without feeding an addiction. But we're the ones that are bound. 
What? Well, you know what? If that's what you call, if this is what you call bondage and that's what you call freedom, I am content to have my bondage. I'll live in my bondage and let you live in your freedom because I'm not living worried about how am I going to get the next fix? I'm not living worried about what am I going to tell my family when I come home and I've just blown all of my paycheck at the casino because of an an addiction. You want to talk about bondage. I think that's bondage. I think this is freedom. He will make you unrestrained. Again, I, the arguments of some is, yeah, but, but you won't do this and you won't go there. You won't say this and you won't do that. That sounds like, no, that's life. Because <laughs> you're doing all of that and you're bound. And my life is what I have chosen to surrender myself to. I didn't tell them what I was going to preach today. I usually don't. Sister Angie will try to ask me sometime. So she can cheat on the songs, but you know. I didn't tell them. But you notice what we, do you notice the song we sang, what we didn't sing this morning? We didn't sing, independence, independence. No, no, no. We sang freedom, freedom. And we sang freedom because there's some people in this place that not just saying it because it sounds cool, but there's some people saying, no more shackles, no more chains. I used to be bound. I used to be blind, but now I'm free. Now I see. Call it bondage if you want to call it bondage, but it's life and life more abundantly. I guess the question is, what are you free from? Because to those that are in the world, they think they're free. And to those of us that are in the church, we know we're free. I'm going to say that again make sure you know how I say it. To the world, those that are in the world, they think they're free. But to those of us that are in the kingdom of God, we know we are free. So what is it you're free from? Romans 6 verse 17. I just read to you verse 16. I think it was a second ago. Uh, know ye not that to whom you yield yourself service, servants. So here's the next verse. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of obedience which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servant of righteousness. See, there you go. I knew there was a catch. Of course there's a catch. Anybody ever left a job you were making, maybe you were making fairly decent money, but you ever left a job because you couldn't deal with the manager or the owner? Anybody? A couple of you. Let me tell you something. You want to work for somebody that pays well? You want to work for somebody that's looking out for you? You need to work for Him. You need to become His servant because He's a master like no other master. 
Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your member servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your member servants to righteousness unto holiness. You thought that without God you were in control. You were actually yielding yourself as a servant. For when you were the servants of sin, what do you want to be free from? What do you want to be free from? When you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. I don't want to be free from righteousness because the outcome of that is really good. It's amazing how many things, if we would just really think about how many things we struggle with spiritually that we do all the time naturally. God bless all of you that whatever those two numbers are, or I guess maybe sometimes it's one, on that white sign with black letters. God bless you if you set the pedal to that exact spot. There's a few of us here have never met a speed limit sign that was high enough. And you've got to determine the risk and the reward. We drove out to Western Maryland This past Monday, man, you get on Interstate 70, and it's as good as it gets in this region. Seven, zero. You get out there on those wide open roads, up and down roads, man. And the the audacity... The nerve of people to sit in the middle of the highway with this little thing and point it at you. I am an American citizen. I have the right to do whatever I want to do. Yeah, within certain parameters. And we understand that. So you got to decide how much you're going to push the limit. And now you can use Waze. Because Waze will tell you where the cops are. I know this is weird. I know it's weird, but I really struggle using Waze. Because I'm like, I don't deserve to know where they are. They have a right. I'll never forget one time I was, I was, I think, a teenager and my parents, my brother and I, we were, I think we were somewhere up in the north from here and I don't know, it was a conference or vacation or something. And back in those days, man, you get radar detectors. My dad had a radar detector sitting up on the dash. Got pulled over. The cop saw the radar detector. He said, sir, you know, the only thing those are good for? 
It's letting you know you got caught. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I got it. I gave in. They, they put it on the other. I mean, I didn't do it. I have yet to use Waze myself. I know that's weird, ridiculous, but, but my wife put it on in the car. I didn't do it. I have to say I did pay attention to it. Is we, we understand that while we live in a free country, there are governing laws. Why? Because without laws, it's chaos. I played basketball almost two weeks ago for the first time in several years. And I did relatively well. Thank you very much. A few people after I said that, how'd you feel afterwards? Not too bad. Thank you. And I was one for three from behind the arc and had several assists with a bunch of guys 30 years younger than me. So thank you. <laughs> but you know what? If you, is there any, any, anybody here as you played bass? I'm, there'll probably be some, although outside on the court out back, there's not really lines. It's the co- edge of the concrete. That's the lines. I've never got onto a basketball court and looked around at all the different lines and especially the out-of-bounds lines and thought, man, that's ridiculous. Those are so confining and restrictive. No, because without them, it'd just be chaos. Without them, it'd be confusion. They're not there to hinder you. They're not there to hamper you. They're there to provide some order. Show me a life that lives without boundaries, without the rules of the Word of God, and I'll show you a life that somewhere, you may not see it on the surface, but somewhere there's chaos and confusion and turmoil because this book does not restrict me. This book gives me life and life more abundantly. So, Paul, here to, to that point of the speed limit, James says this interesting phrase here to me. James 1.25. i got to stop looking at my watch. My battery died. I will acknowledge my vanity. My battery was dead this morning when I put it on, but for look's sake, I have it anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, it's only 8. 40 right now, so we got plenty of time. (laughs) James says this, Whoso looketh into, now watch these next several words, the perfect, these next three especially, the law of liberty. Law and liberty seem to be opposites. Law seems to be restrictive and confining, not liberty. But if you're going to have true liberty, there has to be a law of liberty. He that looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The Living Bible says it this way, if anyone keeps looking steadily into God's law for free men, God's law for free men, He will not only remember it, but he will do what it says, and God will greatly bless him in everything he does. 
It is the perfect law. No government can create perfect laws. A perfect system. But God has created a perfect system. And His laws are perfect. And it doesn't matter. i got to go here for a moment. It doesn't matter what laws the government makes up to say that the Word of God does not apply. You cannot change the moral law that God created. Congress can say it's okay, but if the Word says it's not okay, the Word supersedes anything Washington may tell us. It is the perfect law. It is the complete law. But it is the law of liberty. There is no liberty without law. Brother Vernell's probably out doing some ushering work. But I'm not going to say never. But this is about as close as I'm planning to get. Would y'all put that picture up, please? A couple of years ago, I would have never dreamed you would ever see a picture of my dog in church. Folks, please pray for Leo. He is mentally challenged. <laughs> you look at the back, it's a lot clearer. Yeah, I can see better back there. He, this, is, this dog is special. You walk in the house, he is scared to death if you walk in with shopping bags. Bring the vacuum out. He runs and hides. I don't know what's happened in the kitchen, but I'm convinced he has PTSD from the kitchen. Because the moment activity starts taking place in the kitchen, he goes in the living room, gets down between the coffee table and the couch, and sits. We've had him almost two and a half years now. The other day is the you can leave trash, you can leave a baby, you're in the process of taking the trash out. You can leave a wide open bag of trash sitting there. He ain't gonna touch it because the bag makes noise. <laughs> the other day, we what a milestone in our in our life. He actually reached in, stretching as far as he could to not get too close to a piece of pizza, I think it was. He's, he's, he's weird. <laughs> and the thing that's so crazy, he's scared to death of a shopping bag, but take him out on a walk in the neighborhood, and he wants to chase a car moving 25 miles an hour. <laughs> Literally, we will be going... As hard as he can against the leash, the car's riding by 20, 25 miles an hour. What kind of idiot are you? Scared to death of the rustling of a shopping bag, but you want to take on a vehicle. But you know what? That leash is the law of liberty for him. 
Because what seems to be confining him, oh, I don't know if I preached all morning, but I'm getting ready to preach right now. What it is that seems, I got to come down here for this. What it seems to be that's confining him is actually the very thing that's saving him. There's a few folks here this morning, you're trying to pull against God's leash because you think you're bound. And what you don't understand is that's the very thing that is preserving your life. You know what? You and I are not an airplane. We're a kite. And the only way a kite stays up is for something to be holding it down. The moment you cut what's holding it down, it starts violently flailing about and then begins to make its way down towards the ground. It may not go there, it may not drop like a cinder block, but it's going to eventually make its way down. And you know what? The enemy just seems to know how at the moment you cut the cord in your life to bring a fresh wave of air... So everything seems to be awesome and wonderful, not understanding that in just a matter of time, you're going from up there to being stolen from, killed, and destroyed. Well, Vernell, did you see it? Alright, that's, I'm not saying never, because when you say never, you do it, but he's telling me, waiting for the day I bring him to church. Live stream in the living room is about as close as I plan to get. I didn't say I will. I said I plan. I don't want to eat my words. The law of liberty. The law of liberty. Listen to what, listen to what date, or the psalmist, actually, I'm not sure if David said these words or not, but Psalms 119, verse number 32, he says this. I will... Run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. He wasn't, notice what he's saying. What he wasn't saying was, this is the way I got to go. This is the path I got to take. I guess I'll just go this way. No. You run to, I know times you run from things, but usually when you're running to something, it's out of anticipation. It's out of excitement. It's out of what you know is waiting. And so David says, I'm going to run the way of your commandments. I'm not going to resent them. I'm not going to struggle against them. I'm going to run the way of them. Verse Skipping down to verse 44. Watch this. So shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. And I will walk at liberty. How am I going to walk at liberty? I seek your precepts. Wait, what? You're walking at liberty by pursuing God's law? Yes. Because there is no liberty outside of God's law. Amplified says it this way, verse, I keep checking it anyway. <laughs> Man, I got lots of, we're not, time has just stood still. We, got a, we have a Joshua miracle this morning. Time has stood still. 
Amplified Bible. I will keep your law. I've got the time on my iPad, so you're okay. It's 1144. I know. 16 minutes. All your vehicles are getting ready to become pumpkins. I get it. It's all good. We'll be all right. I will keep your law continually, forever and ever, hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying it. And... Because of that, I'm going to walk at liberty and at ease, for I have sought and inquired for and desperately required your precepts. That is, I desperately wanted your precepts. I'm not desperately wanting my independence. I'm not desperately wanting to be self-governed. I'm desperately wanting your precepts. And then the Living Bible says it this way. May I never forget your words, for they are my hope. Therefore, I will keep on obeying you forever and forever, free within the limits of your laws. I will speak to kings about their value, and they will listen with interest and respect. When I am driving pretty close to the speed limit, and all of a sudden I spot a police car that I didn't recognize, my heart rate stays the same, my pulse does not increase, it's all good. Sorry, Jalen, I don't know what God trying to do in you versus, but the other day I guess was my day, we came in, we were actually going to a funeral in Western Maryland. Jalen and Esther drove separately, and we were in our car. And um, I had passed him at one point because he was observing the speed limit better than I. I didn't say he was observing the speed limit. I said better than I was. We were coming into accident. I, I no offense, no offense to those that are there. But I don't know that I ever want to want to live in a town called Accident. I just, I don't. <laughs> I don't, I just, I'm not superstitious, but I just, I don't know, that just, and coming into that little town out in western Maryland, the speed limit was 25, well before that it was a few miles faster, and, and normally, normally, if there's a car that's in front of me that's doing the speed limit and I can get around it, I'm going around it. I don't know why. But thank God, I decided to stay behind this car doing the speed limit. Because as I spotted the entrance to accident, there were two guys that had nothing better to do than work on their aim. Thankfully, thankfully, I was stuck behind a law-abiding citizen. Because I probably would have been on a first-name basis with those guys had that car not been in front of me. That's, that's liberty, folks. That's freedom. Freedom is I'm not worried about what's, what's about to happen. Freedom is I, I'm not worried about what you're going to find out. Freedom is that, that I can keep on obeying you forever and ever, free within the limits of your laws. I will speak to kings about their value, and they will listen with interest and respect. That's the law of liberty. The law of liberty. See, the problem is this. And unfortunately, it's not just the world that does this, but even 
within the church, there can be empty promises. You go to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 14. I'm, I'm wrapping up. Verse 14, the, the beginning of this chapter, he's talking about false prophets. He's not talking about the world. He's not talking about Hollywood. He's not talking about the heathen. He's talking about false prophets here. And so he says this in verse 14, "...having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls." And heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb donkey speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These, now watch this, these are wells without water, clouds that are carried away with a tempest, carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. Wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest. How sad it is for those in this world that have lived all their life dreaming for something and have had finally had the opportunity to achieve that dream, that lifelong dream, only to now find out it doesn't fulfill, doesn't satisfy, but you've given your entire life to pursuing it. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through much wantonness. That has nothing to do with soup at the Chinese restaurant. That word wantonness means shamelessness. Those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. They speak great swelling words of vanity. While they promise them liberty. They themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. I don't care how great the message may be. I don't care how great the preacher may preach. I don't care how big his church may be. If all he wants to preach is that you can live however you want to live, do whatever you want to do, there is a very good chance that they themselves are servants of corruption. Because if I'm living contrary to the Word of God, then to justify that, I'm going to give you permission to live contrary to it. But oh, how interesting is it that time and time again, those that preach that and profess those empty promises, there are, there are things that come out in their lives. I'm not talking about the normal failures and mistakes that we all make, but the significant things that are being justified that are blatantly being done contrary to the Word of God. Last verses. going to be a whole book of the Bible, but it's the last verses. Just kidding. Hebrews eleven twenty four. This to me, this to me is one of the best biblical pictures and examples of this, this message this morning. Moses born 
to a Hebrew family that was living in Egyptian bondage. Mother risks her life to save him because she recognizes something special about him. His life takes this amazing turn and he goes from not only not being killed, but now becoming adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. The king of Egypt's daughter now takes him into her house. So he goes from a life, if he would have lived, a life that he would have been a slave in Egypt to now being adopted and becoming the son of the ruling side. And he spends 40 years of his life in that condition. But he reaches a point where he's got to make a decision as to what the rest of his life is going to be. So the scripture says this in Hebrews 11.24, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather... To suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He, he, he had two choices. Go the way of the people of God whose current circumstances were terrible. No hope. No future. At least it appeared to be that way. And then on the other hand is Egypt, who he's now adopted into the family of the ruling household of Egypt. And so those are the two choices. In a lot of ways, you would look at that and say, what's the choice? What's the choice? There's there's no choice. There's nothing to think about. It's like having a plate of spinach and a batch of fresh, warm brownies. There's there's nothing to think about. It's a foregone conclusion. What affliction? Bondage? Or what appears to be freedom, except those three key words, for a season. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Somehow, by the grace of God, Moses was able to recognize the children of Israel in the circumstances they're in right now may not be very appealing, but they're going someplace. They've got some promises. They've got some things that God is going to do. And Egypt, while it is in its heyday, that is only for a season. And I understand the world may be, may seem to be, from a carnal perspective, the world may seem to be where it's at right now. 
That may seem to be the place to be with all of its pleasures, but the problem is the pleasures are for a season. And we may be in some bondage right now. We may be dealing with some adversity right now, but it is also for a season. And if nothing else, that season is going to end when we'll be able to say, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon His face, the one who saved me by His grace. If nothing else, what a reward. Are you independent today? Are you an independent, self-made person? Are you trying to maintain your independence? You a young person here, still living under your parents' household that is longing for the day when you get your independence? It's kind of funny. Seems to be the case for just about every one of us. We go through this stage this initial part of life where we most of us think our parents are the greatest thing in the world they're the smartest brightest best thing in the whole world and then just about every person goes through a season where they think man my parents are idiots my parents are the dumbest people around they have no clue what's usually pretty amazing is at some point Those people that were smart became dumb. Somehow, miraculously become brilliant again. Not sure how that happens, but most of us have been through that. There's nobody that's ever going to be the first one that decides to live an independent life. I'm my own man. You're your own woman that has an ultimate outcome of freedom and liberty. So while you and I may have to give up independence, we don't have to give up freedom. But I acknowledge today the challenge is that freedom comes through surrender. Freedom comes from denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Him. I've used this many times, and I'm, I'm, I'm closing. For those of you, this is your first time. Closing is more like a healing. It takes time. It's usually not a miracle. But if you were if you were interviewing interviewing for a job with God for his company and the devil for his company you you'd come to the interview with the devil and you'd sit down at the table and he'd tell you all these great things all these great benefits that he's going to give you how wonderful it's going to be and you listen to all that and then finally you're like okay there's nothing free so What am I going to have to do to get that? What's going to be the price I have to pay for that? 
And he would respond to you and say, you know what, don't worry about that. We'll take care of that when we get there. So now you go and sit down at the interview with God. He says, uh, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to deny yourself. I want you to give up your right to do what you want to do. And I want you to surrender to me as your boss. You're like, okay, well, what am I going to get? And God would respond and say, you know, don't worry about that. We'll get there later. Because the devil doesn't want to tell you what's coming because if he tells you what's coming and you see the pain and heartache and difficulty, you're going to walk away. God doesn't tell you what's coming because most of the time if he told you all of the things that he's ultimately going to do in and through your life, you wouldn't believe it anyway. You'd be like, there's no way God can, no way. I don't have that. I, I'm, I'm too limited. I'm too flawed. I've, I've made too many mistakes. I've done too many things wrong. And, and, and there's no way. Oh, how sad it is. The number of people that get so caught up in the moment and ignore the outcome those that get caught up in the moment of surrender and giving up your will and you're not willing to do that and you miss what God has for your life I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes if you would please I don't know if I'm going to give an altar call yet or not, we'll see but at least, at least right where you are for a few moments I don't know if it may just be one person today, probably not, but if it's just one person that the Spirit of the Lord is talking to this morning, if in this whole crowd of people it's just one single person, would you just take a few moments right where you are and talk to the Lord? If you feel the need to, if you want to, you're more than welcome to get up out of your seat and come down to this altar as a part of surrendering, but not necessarily asking that, at least right now. I, I, I think there's some people in this room right now that you've been trying to pursue your independence. You've been trying to live life your way free. What you think is free, but what the enemy knows is ultimately bondage. But oh, my friend, you can walk out of this place today truly free. Truly free. I tell you what, let's, let's do it this way for right now at least. Would you just reach over to the person nearby you, whether it's a family member, a friend, whatever. And would you, if you want to join a hand, if you want to put a hand on a shoulder, whatever you're comfortable with. But, but let's just... Let's just take a few moments right now. Can we just we just pray? If, you, if you're praying for yourself and you feel the need to continue to do that, please do that. But if you don't necessarily feel the need to pray for yourself, would you pray for that person beside you right now? God, help. Help my brother. Help my sister, Lord. Not to... Not to not to be deceived by the tricks of the enemy not 
not to be deceived by the empty promises of the enemy that promise a life independent run it my way do it my way live it my way and be free knowing the enemy knowing the outcome of that oh God I pray that if there's somebody in this room this morning that is blinded by the lies and the deceptions of the enemy in their life that you would open their eyes today God let them see clearly today there be a spirit of revelation and understanding in this sanctuary right now revelation and understanding that the only way to live a life that is truly free the only way to really find liberty is to live a life that is completely surrendered to you God I want to I want to run in your ways I want to run toward your ways God I don't want to live a life that is that is balking against your ways, against your word, against you governing my life, God. That's the only life of freedom and liberty. Help us today. God, those of us that may have come into this service today living an independent life, a life that we are not depending on you, we're not depending on your word, help us find a place of surrender and repentance today. Bring us back in alignment with you today, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Life, Lord, you promised us life and life more abundantly. Don't let us miss that path because the enemy has convinced us it's a path of bondage. It's a it's a path that doesn't have liberty. Give us eyes to see clearly, Lord. Give us eyes to see clearly, Lord. Just a couple more moments, if you would. I'll, I'll dismiss in just a minute, but there's a few folks I know the Lord is ministering to right now. We just maintain this atmosphere that we're in for just a few more moments and give God the opportunity to do what he's trying to do right now in some hearts and lives oh God I want to surrender to the law the perfect law of liberty I want to live my life in submission to the perfect law of liberty God help me not to fall to the deception that liberty comes outside of your law help me not to buy the lie of the enemy that liberty is found outside of your law your perfect law of liberty is the only place to truly live a life that is free. In the name of Jesus, 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 have your way right now, Lord. Have your way in each one of our hearts and lives right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Of the power of your spirit today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
Shikaramando This is not a normal day with all of us being together. If you're sitting there and you've got your children by you, I, I know if they're younger, they're probably getting ready to go. But why don't you just reach over for a moment, lay hands on them. Why don't you just pray for a moment and ask God, Oh, God, bless them with a desire to live a life submitted and surrendered to the perfect law of liberty. God, give them eyes to see clearly that whatever deceptions the enemy may try to bring their way, that they would be able to see beyond the season. Let them see beyond the season, Lord. Let them see beyond the empty, vain promises the enemy gives them. Let them see clearly. Let them see clearly. In Jesus' name. 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 I pray for our children and our young people today, God, in a in a world where it seems like in more ways than ever we are being bombarded with the lies and the deceptions of the enemy. God, when it seems like in more ways than ever he's trying to promise liberty outside of your word, outside of a life surrendered to you, I pray, God, that your hand would rest upon our children, upon our young people to guide them, order their steps, God. Give him the grace to see clearly, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Those that are praying want to continue, please do so. If you need to go or you want to go, you can, you're welcome to go. I ask you to just kind of be mindful for a few more moments because there are some that are still praying. Hopefully we'll see you this evening for a time of fellowship. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.